Hi, this is Runa and you're listening to the Chainsmakers podcast where we share tips, insight, tools and stories from other Chainsmakers designed to motivate you to become the change you want to see in your world. Make sure you join our Chainsmakers community at runamagnus.com forward slash podcast. And now, this is your time to sit back, relax and enjoy. Our guest in our podcast today is Dr. Pauline Crawford-Oms. She's a gender dynamics expert. She's passionate about people and their potential to collaborate and create highly effective and rewarding outcomes when working together. Whether your business suffers from high staff churn or demotivated employees or dissatisfied customers, at the core of all issues is the people and their ability to work together in a healthy collaboration. I could not agree more with Pauline when it comes to the importance to have good communications and being able to communicate and be able to feel that you're safe to communicate and, and say what you want to say and be open to listen to other people. In my interview with Pauline, she does go into that area and share some really good insights that I believe all of us need to think about. So our guest, I introduce you. Dr. Pauline Crawford-Oms. Oh, my. Pauline, you have something I think this world needs. A tool for men and women to have a deep conversations. I mean, if that isn't something that we, the changemakers, are all about and the whole No More Boxes movement is about is to create that safe space for people to come together and talk. Oh, you are absolutely the expert. Tell me, me, how did you, Pauline, how did you originally come up, you know, what drove you to this journey that now you're doing this fabulous work in the world? Okay, thank you, Runa. I think everybody's passion always comes from their life, doesn't it? And in my life, I've always been passionate about conversations. When I was a child, I loved listening to the conversations that adults were having about around me. I think in my childhood, I observed that sometimes conversations flowed and sometimes you'd get an uncle or an aunt who was rather uh, rather limited in their vision. They would what I call pontificate, you know, oh, yes, well, in my opinion. So in my childhood, my, my family was very big and there were lots of cousins and uncles and aunts and lots of tea parties and always there was conversation. There'd be 12 to 13 people. And I, I observed that, I really loved being part of the conversation. Sometimes I was afraid and sometimes I was in the flow. So when I grew up, I started looking at how people interacted and how I interacted with other people as a a young, rather a tomboy kind of kid. And really that's where all of my, my ideas have come from, certainly about conversations. But as I observed how men and women got on with each other, I felt there was some, you know, distress sometimes in some situations to do with the gender dynamics of what was going on. Yeah. And as I say, I was rather a tomboy sort of girl. I, I had this, dare say, I was sort of slightly masculine view on the world. But I remember my sister saying when I started driving that I, I drove like a man. And I thought, oh, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, you know, and then when I, when I the last uh, several decades, what I've really been observing is why is there such a friction between men and women when it comes to getting to senior places in business or achieving the kind of harmony that I felt was just a natural thing. Yeah. So I designed myself a, a map 
because I think what you do is you, you tend to design something that will help you. And then if it works, you share it with other people. Oh, yeah. That feels like a very obvious way of going about things. And then I realized that the other thing that was changing was that the rules, if you like, and I know that's a thing for you, the rules were changing subtly, but not necessarily officially. And that's because women were becoming more and more part of the workplace and they couldn't leave their emotions at home. They came into work with them. So we still wanted to have our partnerships and our babies and, and we also wanted work and we wanted and we wanted everything and that the landscape was changing. And that's really been my excitement. And obviously there's some about the distress between men and women. It's my excitement to know that the world we live in is now very different from 20 or 30 years ago and that now is the time for men and women to get together because actually we all need each other we have very very complementary complementary and complementary skills and yet often we don't have those conversations which allow us to really work together with the freedom to understand our our differences so a lot of my work is about studying differences and making sure that as you say with your movement that we don't get stuck in the boxes or where we have been, but we allow ourselves yeah. to be where we are. And yeah. so I call these conversations magical because if you like, magic is about making the unbelievable believable. You know, when you watch a magician, you sort of think, how does he do that? Yeah. So when, when we see men and women actually getting on and actually growing together because we know what we are and what we're different we are, it is magical. Yeah, it is. It is. And sounds to me what you're doing, like we say with our normal boxes breakfast clubs, you know, to move away from the preformed thinking and, and listening and, and reactions that come from that and, and so that you can create space for something new. That's, well, that's right. And if you like, it's, it's it, strangely, I kind of felt that we need new rules. Yeah. Not because we control, but and the first rule or first guideline for me is to have no judgment, which, of course, is something that you believe in. And, of course, it's, just, it's quite challenging for most people because we've been brought up in a, a way that says this is how things should be, you know, and that is now changing, of course. But I think yeah. that's really where we need to start is removing exactly. judgments. Removing judgment. Oh, yeah, and, and judgment on ourselves, isn't it? Oh, yeah, actually. And behind I mean, that like is listening, listening to you saying, you know, are, are you used to, you were brought up and you, you were the tomboy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I can resonate with that wholeheartedly um, yeah. being in that space and myself. And then I'm wondering, you know, a tomboy is obviously a boy, you know, you're doing things that are somewhere down the line we take is the boys things to do. Well, that's right. But I think one of the things I've really learned, Runa, and I think this is where it's a challenge because we want to get away from labels, but we still need ways to describe things. Yeah. Which is okay. You know, so, and I know it's the no boxes movement, but some things literally that a square is a box and then that is a box. If it's a circle and it's a round. So, you know, unfortunately we can't, we can't drive a car with square wheels. We need round wheels. So, yeah. There's some symbolism in our life. So I think it's all about awareness and how we have the conversation about those particular concepts and words. And what I factored in, and it came to me when I was, it was in the late 80s, 
I was working in the image profession world and I was studying bodies. And I started observing that certain bodies were different. So the more sort of angular bones and the straighter body, that person had a tendency and indication of being slightly more um, logic thinking as opposed to intuitive thinking. And then I observed, of course, that men and women were different. And then those were layers on top. So yeah. I think with all concepts, yeah. there are words that describe what those are. Yeah. And being okay with those enables us to value differences. Oh, value, yeah. Valuing differences is key. And one of the things I feel is that if we don't understand our differences, even like, you know, age, if I'm different age to you or I come from a different country, Valuing that as a difference enabled us not to get into difficulties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we, um, we only get into difficulties when we don't understand where somebody else is coming from. Yeah, and we start to judge that and, and, and not giving them that benefit of a doubt because of something that we once saw someone similar. Or I've even noticed myself that if a person has a certain name, and either I know someone that I really like with that name or I know someone that I, from the past that I didn't like with that name, I've noticed that I'm putting that person into a box just knowing their name before anything. You know, I'm talking. Yeah. Yeah. I well, noticed that. And, and I thought, yeah. that's silly. That's sick. Yeah. Well, that's, what, that's association, isn't it? So yeah. We have a... Um, you know, it's like if you were brought up in a family with many siblings or we're brought up on our own. Yeah. But the valuing our experiences is important. And it's the sharing and the awareness that makes the conversation rich. Absolutely. So, you know, if I've never had the experience of being a, an only child, for instance, but mm -hmm. I had the experience of having brothers, then that's an experience to share not to make a judgment on, but to actually say, oh, gosh, mm. now that's interesting because that's given you a different point of view. So it's all about how we listen to the conversation. You know, that's what I share in this book. So mm. this is my book, and really this is about the philosophy of no judgment, no second rule, which is no anger. Yeah. So we can be angry about a subject, but not anger in the conversation because then that blocks. Yeah. And also no urgency to control what's going on because you're out of time, which is another thing that we have in our world. You know, everything is hurry, 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 noise, mm -hmm. noise, noise. And in that space, we don't have time to listen. Yeah. There is no space for listening. Yes. <laughs> so even if we could, you yeah. know, I, I was writing about that the other day. It's like everything is fast, 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 because we've got, you know, we can send a message to thousands of people now all at once. When I was a kid, I couldn't do that. No, true. Uh, Absolutely you know, true. It's not a good experience or a bad experience. It's just an experience. Yeah, exactly. So the first thing is really being aware. That's really the first thing that you talk about. Second thing is to do this in a non-judgmental way or at least be aware that you're starting to judge, right? And, and aware that everything in, this, in my work is about the dynamic between me and you. So the first dynamic is me and me, then the next dynamic is me and you and me and everybody. And then the third dynamic is me and the world I live in. So what I mean by that is my immediate community, the country, and literally the world. So the, the collective. So yeah. for me, the collective is full of many, many, many relationships. So if I understand myself and I'm really aware, I can flow into relationships and those relationships will form the community 
that I exist in. And I think because we now have global communities and yeah. digital communities, we're using different mechanisms now to the ones that I shared when I was a kid and it was just my uncles and aunts and cousins coming around for tea. And I think that's possibly where we've got into this rather chaotic confusion because there are just so many messages going around. And then potentially people go, oh, well, I don't know whether I understand everybody. I'll just stay with mine. Mm -hmm. So let me stay with my cohort of people because I know I know them because I know me. But actually, if you really look at diversity, diversity is in every form of nature. So you, you have types of animals and they live in families, but they all exist in nature, which is, allows them all to be connected. Now, of course, some animals eat other animals. I mean, that's the law of the jungle. But actually, nature does it really very simply. And, and, it, and it works. The ecosystem of nature is, is extremely complex, but actually you don't go and change it. You don't go out there and say, oh, I'm going to transform this herd of deer so they'll get to like a tribe of tigers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. So, so with human beings, how can we transmute and transform every conversation? Now, I don't know about you, but I've had conversations in, when I was in Malaysia I remember once being on a train having a conversation with a lovely woman from India and neither of us spoke each other's language, but she was pregnant. And through sort of body language and sign language, you know, we had a mini magical conversation. It's possible if your intention is to have it, to have that conversation. It's about being in a space anywhere you are and inviting by observation and listening and sharing a kind of conversation that, engages both of you with some sense of uplift and joy yeah so that's my feeling that when we look at men and women in the world today there is not for everybody but for some people there's a gap that's widening rather than coming together yeah that's been something that i've been i'm concerned about i've been in the space of women empowerment for two or three decades and yes of course i mean coming from iceland and we we're we're supposed to be the best country in the world when it comes to gender equality. Uh, well, I think that's right. probably and, and we're, we're not the, the worst, but we're definitely not there. And one of the things why we're not there is I'm starting to feel that it's more at that in the women empowerment movement, and we've allowed women, we women, we have more space and more freedom to express who we are and that if we want to categorize and put that into the the masculine box and the feminine box so we can basically both step into our masculinity and into our femininity and it's fine we're accepted yes. but i don't think that we're still men still are accepted as being both i think that i've been interviewing men over the last nine months and yeah. over different countries 38 interviews now and resoundingly, they all say life for men is confusing. Yeah. Now, if we take that as just something that is, it's almost if they had said, oh, we're, we're, we're really challenged and we're in conflict. But it's yeah. not. This idea of confusion. It's like we thought we knew what we were doing and, and somehow life has changed and we're not sure quite how to deal with it. Yeah. So I think it's, it's a combination of, the Me Too movement and us expressing our need to look at issues and then 
not having some of the conversations we could have as women become empowered and stronger. Uh, and it's almost like backwards and forwards, you know, yeah, that yeah. instead of mer- merging, which is yes. And, and yeah. one of the things I feel, I don't know about you and in Iceland and England and the US and Malaysia, often we don't talk about the fundamental complementary nature of men and women. We talk about the topics, the issues. So we, yeah. we talk about why aren't they at the top? You know, what's the, what's, what's the pay gap? You know, where's mm-hmm. equality? Who's been marginalized? Why are we upset about this? And we need to tackle those. But we, if we're tackling them from not understanding our core hard drive, that's why I think men are going, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll just, you know, I'm okay, but I'll, I'll just back off. Yeah. So maybe I, I won't advocate for so many women at the top. I mean, yeah. I came across an organization just recently where they've just employed for the first time ever a woman at the top. It's a global company. 90% of the women, 90% of the employees are women. Yeah. Yet in the top level, there's only the CEO now, and she's new, and the HBPHR, and the rest are all men. So there's bound to be a sort of confusion or misunderstanding about how to change things because yeah. not many parts of the community have changed Mm -hmm. I think one of the things is definitely listening to understand not just listening listening to understand yes and I think we all can take can do more of that really deep listening to understand with that focus I'm gonna sit here and listen so that I can understand you and you can understand me and and one of the first things that I suggested in my book is that we need to not make assumptions to come into the circle and a circle is important in the magical conversation so there's nobody controlling the conversation you might say well that's strange but it's possible and the topic that you're talking about is in the middle it's actually in the space between all the people around the table yeah so we look at the topic and we share from our experience and we allow anything to be said without rebutting it or saying, no, 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 that's wrong. Say, okay. And within some time, as people come relaxed about being able to contribute to that topic and not being judged themselves, you will find that it flows with a different energy. And that's where the unknown occurs, which is the magic, because you have to come into that circle feeling in your heart that something different will come out, something unknown and in a way, we take a risk by going into that space. And as we listen and share, amazing things do happen. Yeah, exactly. And I've seen this time and time again, even in a serious business context, if we just can remove ourselves from that assumption and judgment state. Yeah. That's the boxes to be aware that we're not assuming that because your name is this, you're this. The other thing, though, is Runa, is identifying the value of difference around the table. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you, if, if you had magically different genders, different generations, different cultures around the table, actually the first honouring is the fact that all these different perspectives will flow into that middle space. And that it allows a bit of time, a bit like a cake. You have to, you know, you have to stir it up a bit, but then you have to allow it to bake to make sure that it comes out right. And you don't necessarily, the other thing is that you won't necessarily come to an absolute conclusion at the end of a period of time that you're having this conversation. 
and that's okay too. That's quite difficult for some people. Oh, yeah, that is. Yeah. And it's so important to remind us all. So, Pauline, where can our audience, where can they find your book and more about you? I know that we're going to put all the links into the show notes, yes. but in case you see they're listening on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or somewhere else, where can they go so that they well, can learn more? I'm known as Miss Magical Conversation, so that's easy to remember. So the, the website is MissMagicalConversations.com. And the book is on the website. You'll see buy my book and you go in that link, but it's on Amazon. So if you check into Amazon, there's an ebook and a printed book uh, called Magical Conversations, Transforming Conflict into Collaboration. And in the book, there's my thoughts on how the world is at the moment and six lessons. The first one, a lesson is being not judgmental, no assumptions. So my goal is that in reading the book, you form your own conclusions. Uh, which is obviously the nature of having a magical conversation. And then you start sharing. So it's a, it's a thought-provoking book. And, um, and soon I'm going to follow on with my, um, my larger text, which is about the gender dynamics map and how different types of men and women can actually form a circle themselves yeah. so that we flow from masculine to feminine, oh, yeah. male to female in a circle. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. My passion, Yuna, is that we start having the conversations and we don't try and control them because yeah. unless we allow this, the words to bubble up between us, if we control it too quickly, we get into arguments and then we don't get anywhere. And that's where it gets stuck. Pauline, I'm, gonna, I'm heading over to Amazon to get my copy and, and study to add this, your insights into what we're already doing and we want to and absolutely stands for deeper conversations conversations that are non-judgmental where people can absolutely so like you're saying so that we can create that magic well let's keep i I do a lot of writing on linkedin and i'm on instagram and twitter so do follow me on linkedin because i'm starting to build up some energy about these conversations and i think we need to uh stretch ourselves a bit more this is the year of collaboration 2019 it's the year of collaboration I love that. I'm in for that. Thank you so much, Pauline. Was this podcast of value for you? I sure hope so. If so, feel free to share the love and give us your generous review on iTunes or Stitcher. And remember that you can always go to runamagnus.com to find out more about the changemakers and how we can help you drive the change you want to see in your world.